We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Irish Breakdown Nation, Ivy Nation, we're back. That's right. I'm Brian. It's Friday. And you know what Friday means. It used to mean, ma- mean mailbag time, but now it means it's prediction time. We're going to still do a mailbag afterwards, but it's prediction time, Ryan. And we have spent all week breaking down Notre Dame and Stanford. And so today we're going to talk about what's at stake in this game for Notre Dame and Stanford as well. We're going to talk about what our predictions are, how we see the game playing out, hand out our game balls. We're going to do that on a, a, you know, we're not going to repeat a lot of the stuff we've talked about during the week, which we have done in in past weeks, just to kind of put it all into one show. We're going to focus on the predictions because honestly, if I'm being honest, it's because we want to get to the the previews and predictions of the other games this weekend. This is going to be such a phenomenal weekend of college football. It really is. Now, unfortunately, I won't be able to watch a lot of it, but I'm going to be, I know what I'm doing on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, right? And so... Uh, we're going to have a lot to discuss here today. We're going to preview several games, Penn State, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, TCU, USC, Utah, Florida, LSU are just a taste of what we're going to discuss today. But of course, Ryan, at the beginning, it's Notre Dame and Stanford. And we'll do mailbag at the end. So if you have questions or super chats, throw those suckers in there and we will definitely get to them. Y'all know that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you love drinking coffee every morning, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love, fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. And you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrows, every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado, Looking to discover something new? Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish. Notre Dame Stanford time, Ryan. This is a rivalry game. We can debate how strong of a rival, if it would be a rivalry by our terms, but in the traditional sense of the word, it is a rivalry. There's a, you know, there's a, uh, a trophy at stake, right? And I can't remember which one. I think it's like the, is it the George Shalala? I forget what the one. Yes, there it's yeah, I forget which it's one of those things that's it's at stake for this game. You can tell how how serious I am about this rivalry that I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, but I'm gonna have to find it here. What uh what they call the, the thing that they that they have. It's the uh someone just said yeah, legends trophy. Legends trophy, trophy. Yeah. yeah. Let's go with it's that. a Dublin Irish crystal ball resting on a California redwood base. I'm reading that from Wikipedia. Ooh. So anyway, that's what's at stake in this particular rivalry. It's been one that Notre Dame has, uh, they got a 21 to 13 advantage. Stanford actually is seven and 12, or excuse Mm -hmm. me, seven and five over Notre Dame in the last, uh, let's see here, last 12 matchups, but Notre Dame has won the last three. And that came after Stanford had won three straight games. So when you look at what is at stake in this game, Ryan, there's, there's sort of 2022 stuff at stake. And then there's a big picture thing. And when I talk big picture first, Ryan, with this game is, I know, I know the George Shalala is the USC. I know I'm an idiot. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, I knew some US, some West coast school that I actually cared about. <clears throat> Not this one, but I think the big picture one first, Ryan is really brief. Notre Dame has a shot to kind of just, sort of put a nail into Stanford's coffin from it being a rivalry. And and, yeah. and when I mean rivalry, I don't mean between the two teams, but, you know, kids just aren't going to Stanford over Notre Dame anymore. And that was really right. what was happening during the Jim Harbaugh and early parts of David Shaw is not only did they beat Notre Dame on the field, they were beating Notre Dame on, on the recruiting trail consistently for big-time kids. It's not really happening anymore, and I think this is the kind of game where if Stanford can pull off an upset – all of a sudden, you know, maybe they can have a you know a little bit of glimmer of hope. 
because they're trying to salvage their season. But I think when you just look at it from a rivalry standpoint, I mean, I think this is kind of if they beat if they beat Stanford and the, if if they beat Stanford the way that they should, mm-hmm. that's now what four straight blowouts. I, I think it's no longer a competitive thing, and you're now looking at Stanford as being on the same level as a Duke and a Northwestern when it comes to recruiting against Notre Dame. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's been they've been kind of the trendy team for a little bit there, right? I mean, we talked about a lot of the guys that had chose Notre Dame in the past. You know, the Thomas Bookers of the world and working further back, obviously there was a lot more guys that had chosen Stanford at one point over Notre Dame. And it just hasn't been that way, Brian, to your point over the last couple of years. I mean, Notre Dame just took a kid from Stanford this 2023 cycle in Armel Mookum, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's just something where Notre Dame has definitely distanced themselves, but I agree. It could be a nail in the coffin, right? Like let's call it like that. They can completely separate themselves and they are by far the high academic institution that also plays you know, a high level of football, which it always should be at the University of Notre Dame. So I think that that's the separator, man. And then also over-encompassing is that you're a much better team than Stanford, much more yes. talented team than Stanford. Yes. Like you don't, don't mess around and make this a contest, make this a game, make us come up with, ex- well, we won't come up with excuses, but make others come up with excuses after the game of why it was too close at the end, right? Put the nail in the, in the coffin, foot on the throat, whatever wording that you want to use for this one Notre Dame is a much more talented team to Stanford and it has to show on Saturday to show that there is growth here short term I think that's the big picture here for this game for Notre Dame right it's the growth and I saw someone in the chat saying they have a hard time seeing Notre Dame winning this by 10 because they haven't shown the ability to dominate games I I disagree I think they have shown the ability to dominate games I think they haven't shown the ability to finish those dominant games off they did beat mm-hmm. North Carolina by 13 on the road. North Carolina is a significantly better football team than Stanford. Yes. You know, beat BYU last week by eight. Again, it's a game you – I mean, if it, we've talked about it. You stop them on third and 17, that's a 20-something point victory. At what point does it become, if you do this, that happens, right? There's got to mm-hmm. come a point in time where we've got to stop having the conversation of, well, if they would have done this, if they would have done that, they'd have won by X number of points. Right. It's time to say, okay, yeah, you did it. Right. And I think that's the thing that's at stake is it's a momentum building game. It's a statement Mm -hmm. game of saying, hey, look, yeah, we're not happy about what we did the first two weeks, but that's we're not that team anymore because, you know, we're we're, and I'm 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 saying this as well. I mean, I did my Irish breakdown top 25. I think some of the the AP and coaching votes last week were just stupid. You're going to have BYU at four and two over, you know, significantly higher votes than Notre Dame after Notre Dame just completely outplayed them for. 57 minutes and won the game on a neutral field you know baylor's ahead of them why you know what i mean and it's baylor just lost to west virginia last right but this was before this is before that but to your point i mean baylor's not that good and and well Notre Dame lost to marshall and my answer was well but who who did they beat though right but it's that stigma of the marshall loss is still there i think if you can go out there and just dominate stanford then you can we're we're now a month past the marshall game They've now won four straight games in a row, all against Power 5 teams or about to be a Power 5 team because BYU is about to be one. You know, Next year they joined the Big 12. They were a ranked opponent. You said, hey, guys, that's in the rear view, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's impacted our season clearly, but it's in mm-hmm. the rear view. And I think a close game over Stanford makes you think, like, are they really that much better than the team that barely beat Cal? I don't think you – can make that case if it's a seven to eight point win that you let Stanford hang around. 
because this is not a good football team. It's a team with some talent, but there's a difference between being having some talent at spots and being good, and they're not a good football team. So if they can do what they're supposed to do to a team like that, Ryan, then we can look at this team and say, okay, they're ascending. Then you build on it with UNLV next week. Then you have a lot of confidence going into Syracuse the following week. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. if you're able to run that table, now all of a sudden you're six and two. You've won yep. six in a row. You're playing great football. And here comes top five Clemson. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that's what's at stake for Notre Dame in this game is keep rolling. As you said the other day, right? Don't slip up. And and slipping up yep. isn't just about losing. That's an obvious slip up, but it's also about lose the momentum, develop bad habits that a team can an, a, an undisciplined team that lacks leadership can develop bad habits where they don't play well in against teams that they know they're going to smash or think they should smash. And mm-hmm. so they don't put them away the way they should because they don't have the the leadership, the 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 maturity as a football program, a football team to handle their business the right way. Does this team have that? We're going to find that out on Saturday. Right. Cuz the way reason the last two teams were able to battle back is cuz they're good teams. And mm-hmm. Notre Dame made mistakes. Stanford's not a good team. And so you need yeah. to treat them like a team that's not very good. And, and you're a team that is good and knows you're good and knows you have a mission in front of you and they are standing in your way. And that's yeah. how you treat teams like Stanford. If Notre Dame can have that mentality, then I think they can win this game convincingly. If they don't, then it's going to look a lot like the Cal game, the BYU game where, you know, an inferior opponent was allowed to hang around longer than they should have. Yeah. It, it, Brian, it was – I mean, we talked about it yesterday, right? A key is obviously to start start fast because we have known – Throughout this entire season, if you look at Stanford, they have not been a second-half team, man. Like, they have just fizzled down the stretch of football games. So get on them early and then let them fizzle, man. Let them be who they are. That's, like, the main thing for me, right? You want to play Notre Dame football, but also make Stanford play exactly the way they've been playing, man. Like, don't let them have a get-right game. Don't let it get to that point, right? So, yes, it is is a situation where you know that Notre Dame's more talented. Notre Dame has been trending upward. The last couple of weeks, they've been had exponential growth consistently over the last three weeks, if we're being honest. Right. So having that exponential growth needs to continue. Look, you started out the season. Oh, and two. We've talked about this a ton. Right. You are at rock bottom after you lose against Marshall. From there, though, it would have been very easy for Notre Dame to quit. Right. And it would have been very easy to lose the locker room. It would have been very easy for all these players to just kind of mail it in a little bit. The fact of the matter is, is that they're playing hard, right? They're playing tough football and Notre Dame has responded, right? Like you cannot sit here and say that Notre Dame has not had urgency over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks and played better and shown resilience, right? But this is the next step in resilience is to blow out a team that you should blow out, right? Don't make them a better team than they are. Make it a, a statement game if you're Notre Dame. This game should not be close, and we'll get into our predictions. I think we're both on the same wavelength in the sense that, like, hey, talent-wise, this game isn't close at all. Notre Dame needs to have a killer instinct. They need to put their foot on the throat, and they need to end this football game early. Do that, and we'll be talking Saturday nights with a uh, with a lot of optimism moving forward. Right. That's what we haven't seen from this team yet. That's the one. I mean, we've seen that the offense can be really good when it wants to be. We've seen the defense can be really good when it when it's played smart. We've seen that they can go on the road and beat a good football team. They can go on a neutral field and beat a good football team. What we haven't seen is two things, Ryan. Can you blow out a team that you're supposed to blow out and play like you are a legit top 10 team, right? They're not a top 10 team from a ranking standpoint. If you beat Stanford, you're not a top 10 team anyway because of your resume is not top 10. But they, sh- they are a top 10 team in my opinion. 
They are a top 10 team that hasn't played like it. They have the top 10. Look, their roster to me is still one of the 10 best in the country, in my opinion. It, it flat out still is, right? Now, has everybody played to their potential, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? We're not saying that. We're not saying they should be a top 10 team, but they are a top 10 team from a talent standpoint. Go play like it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what USC did in 2016, which is why I've compared this team to that team. By the end of the season, nobody wanted to play USC. They had three losses. Yeah. You know, blowout loss to Alabama, double-digit loss to Stanford, loss to Utah, right? They were not a good football team early, but they became a really good football team. And that's what we need to see from Notre Dame. And how do you play at home? Notre Dame has not played well at home in front of their home state. And that that is a thing. That is a thing about a program that, you know, you're at home. And Marcus Freeman said it before the BYU yeah, Look, right now we are kind of playing better away from home because it's less distractions and all that other kind of stuff. Well, you're going to have to learn to not be distracted at home and figure out how to play well at home because you've got you got a couple pretty good teams coming to your to your home place here over the next couple months. So that's going to be a big part of it too, Ryan. So before we move on to our predictions, Ryan, I do want to wish a happy birthday to our guy, Tommy Guns. Tommy Guns 44. It's his birthday. So Tommy actually put a super chat up because he wanted to see if we can sing to him. I love you, buddy, but not that much. So I'm sorry, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy that's I, I will do one better for you, Tommy. My daughter is now, I don't know, I guess it's a daycare thing. But Juliet is singing happy birthday to everyone, even when it's not their birthday right now. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to do this for you, sir, because you're a, a, a valued member of this He is community. an OG of Irish Breakdown. He is an OG. Tommy, you're an OG even before me, sir. So I will promise you that at some point over the weekend, there will be a, a message on the board or a post on the message board, boards.irishbreakdown.com, by the way, from Juliet singing happy birthday to Tommy. Guaranteed. Yes. Yes, and uh, the uh, video that you did with uh, Farida with Juliet was still like made my wife cry. So uh, we, she's very good at those, very good at those. So, <laughs> Ryan, let's dive into the prediction of Notre Dame and B of uh, Stanford. We are going to talk about how we th we're going to give our score prediction, how we see mm -hmm. the game playing out, and then hand out our game balls as we as we kind of put a bow on this part of the show. So I'll let you start, Mister Roberts. What is your prediction? How do you see the game playing out? And who? And, and then I'll ask you about the game balls after you're done with those things. So let's get a let's get it started, baby. Let's do it. I mean, there should be no surprise to this to this prediction, right? I've talked about it all week. There's no reason that Notre Dame this can't be the game where you finally say, "Hey, you were much better than a football team. You dominated from start to finish, and you made a little bit of a statement, right?" So I have Notre Dame 42 to 17. Brian, I think that they're, Notre Dame's going to jump on them early and they're just going to kind of control the pace of the football game for the majority, right? I still think that there will be a couple touchdowns scored because at the end of the day, there are talented offensive players on Stanford's side, right? We've talked about Elijah Higgins. We've talked about Michael Wilson. We've talked about Ben Urasak. Obviously, Tanner McKee is a very talented quarterback, so they're going to get a couple, man. But for me, Notre Dame dominates this one start to finish, 42-17, to 17. This one's a no-doubter. Like, this isn't one where you, you score a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter to really distance it. Like, this one is one, I believe, where Notre Dame is just dominant from start to finish, put the finishing touches, and then you go into next week feeling great about yourself. I mean, they got to be due for, right? I mean, that's just kind of that's just kind of how these things normally go, right? I mean, you, they, they've got to be due for that kind of game. I mean, mm -hmm. e even teams that I'm trying to think, like, was it Notre Dame 2003? Uh this is the game I kind of compared it. The, this game I compared it to is you know in 2003 Notre Dame finished five and seven, 
but they were four and six at the time when they headed out to play Stanford, who was again also not very good that year. Uh, finished mm-hmm. four and seven under Buddy Tevens, and Notre Dame beat them fifty-seven to seven. Right, even bad teams have those days where just okay, this is the day that it clicked for us. And yep. so, Ryan, I'm with you. I think that's how it's going to go as well. I went fifty-two to thirteen, and now even I Ooh. said in my in my prediction, that's this that's not the margin that I think this teams these teams are. And and so there's a lot of factors of why I went 52 to 13, which is a huge blowout prediction. Like that's the kind of prediction you make when they're playing like Bowling Green or New Mexico or something like that. But here, here's why I went there. This is a bad matchup for Stanford. And that's a part of football. It's a bad matchup for Stanford. It's a def- it's an offense. Like we've seen this defensive line and what they do to bad offensive lines before. And it's mm-hmm. not pretty. And those teams had mobile quarterbacks. This one doesn't. I think that that on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame matches up very well against Stanford. And I just kind of see it being a game where Notre Dame jumps up early, like you said. We actually see this game very similarly. I, I We both have Stanford scoring three times. You just have it being two touchdowns and a field goal. I have it being a touchdown and two field goals, right? So we're very similar there. I just think it's one of those games, Ryan, where Notre Dame kind of pours it on after they get up and Stanford just kind of wilts because we've seen this from Stanford, right? We saw this last year where – you know, they compete for a while, but then they just wear down. And this is a team that's beat up. They're injured. They've played four hard games in a row. They're traveling across country from West Coast to, you know, East Eastern Standard Time, now the very edge of Eastern Standard Time. But, you know, going across three time zones, and it's a bad matchup. And so I just think it's going to kind of steamroll a little bit more than you would normally predict based on the on-paper matchup. That's kind of where I'm coming from. And I see the backup offense kind of punching one in late is kind of how I see this game going out. So I really don't see it a whole lot different than you. You know, 45-13 with the backup offense put punching one in at the end is kind of how I see it. So I do Love think it. this is a game that Notre Dame should dominate. It's a game that I think that when, when you look at it, Ryan, it's a game, you know, like Coleman Smith and I are on the absolutely the same page. And it, it's a game that you should control. And if Notre Dame can't control this one, then then we're going to have a very interesting, concerning conversation after the show. But I think they do. And you know who I think is going to is going to have a really big game or a game where I'm like, OK, now this is what I thought we were going to be. I just have a feeling that this is going to be one of those games where like, OK, this is what we expected to see a Tommy Reese led offense look like. This is what we mm. thought we we're going to see at the beginning of the season. And I think that's part of it too is, you know, I think, look, I think coach Reese has caught a lot of flack, rightfully so justifiable slack or flack. I should say uh, he, you know, I, I kind of, you know, look, he's a competitive dude, right? I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. he is. And I just kind of feel like this is that game where you're going to see this offense come out, have a really good game plan, a really aggressive game plan. They're going to put Stanford away and I just don't see it being a really competitive game at all. And so, I mean, look, they beat Stanford 45-14 last year at Stanford. And I don't think Notre Dame even really played that well that game, to be completely no. honest with you. They just no. out-talented Stanford. And I see the same thing happening uh, in this game as well. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love it. I love it. Was that a little? Uh, was that a game ball being thrown to Tommy Reese? That's no, what it like no, 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 no. Right? Game balls go nah. to players. Game balls go to players. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Ryan, let's yeah. do our game balls. Uh, who offense and defense? Who do you have the game balls going to if the game plays out the way that you think it's going to play out? I think it's Drew Pine this week for offense. Last week I gave it to Lorenzo that did not turn out too great in that prediction. I think that what you have seen now from Drew Pine for back to back weeks has given you a lot of confidence that he's going to continue to grow, continue to get better. And if Notre Dame is going to score 42 points, I think that they are going to open it up a little bit more than usual, right? Like I know Notre Dame is going to be able to run the football in this contest, but you want to continue to see the evolution of the passing game, getting wide receivers more involved, continuing to do the Michael Mayer things that have made you successful, continuing to use the running backs when you want to in the passing game as well. So I think Drew Pine has a big game offensively. That's what first game ball is going to go to. Second game ball, Brian. You're going to love this one. I think that this is, because we've seen him now start a couple times in recent weeks, but I think this is the Benjamin Morrison game, sir. A couple interceptions okay. for the freshman. Maybe he takes one back to the house. I don't know yet, but regardless, we've seen Stanford be a turnover-prone team. Benjamin Morrison with a couple interceptions in this one. I'd love to see that. I mean, obviously, you know, I think he's a heck of a player. I, I, I honestly... I'm going to give my game balls and then I'm going to talk about how if if I'm close to being right on the game ball, that then it could end up with you being right. Mm-hmm. So offensively, I'm going to go with Chris Tyree. I, we talked during a show yesterday during the keys of the game that Notre Dame has a speed advantage. So I just kind of am picking a guy that has speed. I think they're going to rip off some big runs in this game. I could have easily gone with Lorenzo Styles or Braden Lindsay, but I went with Chris Tyree because I think he's going to, I think this is the game where they, 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 they hit one. I've seen several running backs be this close to have ripping off long runs against against Stanford's defense, and mm-hmm. you know, like the kid from Washington who was at Virginia last year. Uh, you know, he, he's a four seven, you know, four six guy, right? I mean, <laughs> Chris Tyree is going to have some big holes to run through. I think, I think that we're going to see him catch a big pass for a big gain, something. I think Chris Tyree is going to have some big time plays in this game, so I'm going with him. And then defensively, I'm going with Isaiah Foskey. I think Foskey's going to have a Jerry Tillery type of game. Somebody said this the other day in one of the chats, and it really stuck with me. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I could see this. And if you remember correctly in 2018, in that matchup of two top 10 teams, Jerry Tillery had some like four sacks in that game. Just that's, I mean, that's, it, yeah. that's what propelled him to first-round status, right. Brian. That was that right. game. Exactly. That game. Exactly. And he did it against Nate Herbig. I mean, he had a couple of them against Nate Herbig, who at the time was still considered a, a big-time prospect. That's before he just com- had completely had his ability. You remember how good he was during his career before all the injuries set in yep. for Stanford? He was yep. so good before all the injuries took over. It's really unfortunate because I enjoyed actually watching him play. He's actually uh, but, turned uh, – Nate Herbig's turned himself into a pretty solid contributor for yeah. the uh, for the Eagles, though. He's kind That's of a good. rotational player. So That's good. Yeah. That's good. 
So I, I I see I see it being Foskey, but if if Foskey doesn't win the game ball, but he's very disruptive, then that means the game ball is going to go to some DB that takes advantage of the pressure. And I could have easily like if you were do, if we were doing runners up for game balls, as I said, pick Styles or Lindsey, one of the two burner receivers. I think I think this is the game. I, I think I hope and this is this could be more wishful thinking on my part than anything, Ryan. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like look, Tommy Reese is a smart guy. You know, he, he's a smart guy. He under, he has to understand that they can't be this team for the rest of the way, right? Like they, they can't be this team that just like to beat Clemson and USC. I, I just, I don't think he thinks that. I hope he doesn't think that. It would surprise me if he thought that. And I think he understands we got to get our receivers involved. And this is a great game for it. Like this is the game for it. This next two weeks before you go into Syracuse, because here's the deal, Ryan. If your receivers don't have some momentum going into Syracuse, that's probably not going to be the game where they break out. You know what I mean? Against that secondary. So you got a couple weeks to really get them rolling. This is the perfect matchup for them. Jet sweeps, reverses to Braden, screens, you know, crosses, climbs, post routes, double moves, you know, stuff like that where you're getting them on the run and getting them opportunities in isolation. So I think he's going to do that. I think that's going to roll. I think the run game is going to look good early, which is then going to set up even more because Stanford's got to start triggering their safeties more. So I could pick one of those two speedy receivers. And then my second runner up for defense was Jason Amiola. Mm. And I could, you know, those two just really having a big game. And if that's true and they both play really well, then I could see a situation kind of like Wisconsin last year where, you know, Cam Hart steps in front of a couple you know, balls and gets a couple picks. And, you know, and, and like you said, Benjamin could be one where he even steps in front of one and, you know, maybe takes it back a little bit. So that would be fun to, that would be fun to see. That'd be really fun to see, Ryan. I would enjoy that thoroughly. Enjoy I that wouldn't thoroughly. mind it. I wouldn't mind it also being maybe a Brandon Joseph real breakout. Yeah. Right? Cause we've seen some moments like he had a forced fumble last week, he had a great game week one, but he's been pretty quiet the last four games. Right. Yeah. So if Notre Dame can get a big performance out of Brandon Joseph, maybe he's the guy that steps in front of one. Maybe he's a guy that forces another fumble near the line of scrimmage and it goes back for a touchdown or it just go, you know, you flip, you know, obviously the flip the opposition there. I, I think that it could be a big game for Brandon Joseph. Regardless though, I think one thing that you said is that I, I feel like someone in the secondary is going to be a big, is going to get a big boost from the pass rush, right? Like I think yeah. that there's going to be a couple opportunities to create big plays because we've talked about it a ton. Tanner McKee is not a very mobile quarterback. He's going to get forced into some bad mistakes if there's pressure and their offensive line is hurting with injuries right now and it wasn't playing that great even when it wasn't. So I think pass rush is also going to have a big day. I just think that there's going to be somebody in the secondary that has this humongous game because Tanner McKee is forced into a lot of mistakes. Yep. That's how I see it playing out. I I think this is going to be a convincing win for Notre Dame. So we're going to get into the other week seven big game predictions next. If you're listening via podcast, you can find those on the CFB Nation channel. So make sure that you are subscribed to the CFB Nation channel where you can get Ryan and I's predictions for a preview and predictions for this week's big games. We will also do a mailbag. We've already got a bunch of them starred. Uh, some of them are predictions like John Christophic having Notre Dame 34-17. We brought up a lot of other ones. Kirk Roberts, Notre Dame 45-17. So we have a lot of those as well, but we also have some questions. We're going to answer a bunch of those afterwards. There's some recruiting questions, a lot of stuff going on there. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and the game, it's not Saturday yet. If you're in town, either for the game or you live in town, 
you're going to want to be on campus over by the Golden Dome around 3 to 3.15 on Saturday because we are going to go live. Irish Breakdown is going to go live at 3.30. We're going to have a big special announcement. We're going to have some special guests. It's going to be a really, really, really fun day. And you're definitely you're not going to want to miss the live show. And you're not going to want to miss being there if you're able to. I promise you, you're going to want to be there for that. So if you have any questions about it, shoot, hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, obviously, Coach D178. But you can hit me up or if you're a member of the Irish Breakdown message boards. You know, I'm going to put some stuff on the message boards about that. You can also send me a DM. And you can also email me at brian at irishbreakdown.com. So I try to make my emails as uh, easy as possible for people to to get to. So that's obviously that one. But got a lot going on. It's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely check that out. I didn't hit the like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and share this podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.